this is something that happens, and I talk about it a lot. We, we hear a lot of the us versus them, the division, right? We talk about it so much. Well, how many times have you heard dictator, socialist, communist, fascist, Nazi, to describe people in politics in this country, right? It happens all the time. Um, there's no end to it. Supercharged labels that we apply to the politicians these days. You got to remember, these words have actual meanings. They're in the dictionary. They mean things, which largely we seem to have abandoned uh, because we like to fight and go with it that way. And that's that's what the, they're weaponized is really what they are. We're going to chat with uh, Dr. Stuart Prest now. Uh, Dr. Prest is a lecturer in political science at Simon Fraser University and wrote a piece for CBC Opinion recently on this very uh, subject. Uh, Dr. Prest, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Good morning, Shay. It's my pleasure. You know, this this is something I try and talk about a lot. It's just the supercharged rhetoric, the over-the-top stuff. But, I mean, we do need to remember that these terms started out with dictionary definitions, these names, these labels. They actually do mean things in reality, Right. That's right. I teach courses where we talk about what the different ideological backgrounds are of different parties and where they come from, how they evolve over time. We also talk about things like dictators, dictatorships, authoritarian yep. regimes, and we have ways to measure those things. And Canada is, uh, suffice to say, it's, it's nowhere on that spectrum. Canada is a democracy and uh, a very well-functioning one for all that we, we like to complain about our politics. The democratic institutions in this country are are strong. Yeah, you may like it, and, and you know, the exact... You know, some people will say, well, it's just exaggeration or whatever. It's just making a point. But they're, they're weaponized, right? There's a reason that this happens. I mean, those original definitions and the actual facts around the terms have been abandoned. And now they're used as weapons, right? Yeah, we see that. And I, I think we're, we're seeing it. We've seen it in, in different phases in, in our history. It's not like this is a brand new phenomenon. But we, I think we are seeing it more and more yeah. these days where there's a, a, a willingness and almost an eagerness not just to, to disagree with your opponent, to say your opponent mis, is mistaken, but to say they're somehow illegitimate, that their position uh, in responding to some complex set of circumstances, uh, and we've seen our, our more than our, our fair share of those recently, um, but the response is not just, say, wrong-footed or, or mistaken or somebody else could do it better, but to say it's it's anti-democratic, it's illegitimate, and we're going to link the, the actors in politics today with, with some of the worst villains in, in history. So we're going to talk about the current prime minister as, as a, a dictator or a, a socialist authoritarian, trying to draw those links. When uh, when Justin Trudeau is is democratically accountable, he's, he's being criticized in the House of Commons. There are judicial processes to, to make sure that uh, government is acting within the bounds of law and, and in accordance with the Constitution. So we have all these checks on power that uh, are, are definitive in, in part of uh, how we identify this as a democratic state. And yet we see people eagerly uh, describing him as a dictator, as, as somebody who is illegitimate in, in his office. Um, you know, it's, it's the politicians who do it that frustrate me because some of them, at least, I think, are smart enough to know what they're doing. Um, and, and they know that it's 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 it's. It's destructive. It's harmful. It doesn't benefit us as a society. It benefits them personally, understand it, but they do it because it works, right? I mean, that, that strategy works. It sticks, and it, it, they can make some gains with it. 
Oh, absolutely. It is a, a very handy shorthand, a way to communicate a whole basketful of ideas to to an audience that is frustrated with, with government, say, say they're looking for an alternative. And if you can use that label and you can attach it to uh, another politician, then you can really firm up your support and, and uh, uh, essentially burn the bridge uh, of, of even making the other uh, a viable choice or a legitimate option on the table. If you can uh, define them in some people's minds as, as being anti-democratic somehow, then then you've really strengthened your own position. And so there's all kinds of short-term benefits from that. But, but of course, in the long term, everyone uh, ends up suffering because we start to question the the very uh, nature of our institutions, the, the reliability of our institutions. And we've seen some of that on display recently in, in Canada. So when we uh, watch the, the Ottawa protest or occupation, however you want to label it, uh, unfold, we saw calls for an overturning of the state. And and, and we have people having to report on these issues. And, and rather than trying to talk about how are we going to win the next election, we're talking about how can we uh, refound our, our democratic institutions, which are working very well in the form of holding government to account. And we're going to have, we, we have elections every couple of years these days. And so we're, we have all kinds of ways to hold government to account. The fact that we disagree with what a government is doing doesn't mean it's illegitimate. And yet we seem to slide into that, that conclusion. And it, it is to the short-term benefit of, of politicians perhaps to to uh, articulate that in an opposition, but but in the long term, it really erodes our, our trust in these institutions. So where does the onus lie, Doc? When you take a look at this, this is where I have a problem, because I have little faith that we can expect to see change on this front from the politicians who engage in this kind of behavior. Uh, this kind of rhetoric will always exist, and there will always be politicians willing to play the game by those rules. But at the same time, and I'm, you should see our text line, Doc, uh, there's a lot of people out there that will play right along with them, that love it, that expect it, that support it. So where does the onus, I mean, how do we get to a point where we reject this kind of ridiculousness within the conversation around politics in our country and deal with reality? Well, I think there there is no simple solution, as you say. Uh, we do uh, have to do wherever we can. We have to find ways to to hold politicians to account for for the language, for the way in which they they choose to to talk about these things, and and really try to uh, encourage uh, spaces for for dialogue and, and discourse. And that um, that sounds like hard work, and it is. But but really, there isn't any other alternative. We rely in a democracy on on politicians, on leaders, to essentially not risk everything. Yeah. The idea yeah. that we are going to respect the rules of the game. When you see uh, politicians start to act in a way where victory is more important than uh, defense of the, the, the institutions themselves, then we have a real problem. So we really have to find ways to, to reground our, our uh, faith in a democracy, our understanding of just how important the rules of the game are, and that we are going to respect them and and compete within them. But at the end of the day, if, if we lose, then we respect that and we, we, uh, we uh, concede defeat gracefully. And then we try harder the next time. We try to come up with new arguments to to, uh, to vanquish our opponents and, and in really encouraging politicians to do that. Because as, as soon as it becomes uh, more convenient or, or somehow uh, uh, validated to start questioning the very institutions of, of government and challenging the legitimacy of, of our opponents, then we get down on the slippery slope. And, and this is the way that democracy can can unwind over the long term, where we start to see really that, that change from trying to compete within the game to uh, prior, prioritizing victory over over the, the maintenance of the institutions themselves. Losing is a crucial part of democracy. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. Doctor, great discussion. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us.
Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. That's Dr. Stuart Preston. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.